0: Today's interview is a real treat. I love to be able to have musicians and artists on the show. This is an artist that is gone viral on Instagram and on YouTube and on TikTok with a very unusual instrument and other unusual instruments as well and telling the story of the obstacles that he is currently overcoming, the battle that he's fighting. Hal Walker. He is sharing his amazing story, his unusual instruments. And I'm hoping that you guys are going to enjoy this interview as much as I have right here on the manlihood Man cast. To the Manlyhood Mancast, I'm your host Josh Hatcher. I'm also the founder of this Manlyhood Movement. This is where men are becoming better men together. That's what we want to do. We want to learn. We want to grow. We want to become the best that we can be, so that we can be better husbands, better fathers, better leaders, better friends. This is what we want to do. We want to see all men become that. But we're going to start where we are with me and with you. That's what we're starting with. If you want to be a better man. Go to our Facebook group, The Manly Head Man Cave, join the group, we will let you in if you're a man, and you can post your questions, you can interact with us there, we can learn and we can grow together. I'd love to have you be a part of that. Today's guest has millions of views on the internet playing an ancient instrument called the Can. And he plays these really interesting sounding songs that have become the backdrop for TikTok and Instagram Reels. And you probably heard it. You've probably heard this song somewhere as you've been scrolling. Now we can hear the man, hear his story, hear how he is working through a tremendous obstacle to be able to create what his heart is trying to create. And I am so thankful for the opportunity to bring you this interview with Hal Walker. I am so glad to have you on the Manly Hoodman cast today. Welcome, brother. Thank you.
1: Same here, Josh. I'm glad to be here. Thank you.
0: I really enjoyed seeing your uh, videos on the internet. I think I started following you on Instagram and my son-in-law, like the day after I started watching your videos, started sending me your videos like, have you seen this guy? So you're apparently a, a viral sensation. So
1: <laughs> It's amazing. It's really amazing. Somehow, people—I'm really touched the nerve yeah. among the young people. That's awesome. The mo- my my demographic is mainly like 85% young men between the age of 16 and 24. Really, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a pretty great de- demographic to have. Yeah, it's hard to keep their attention for very long, but it's a good demographic.
0: <laughs> yes, how true is that? How true is that? So, uh, I know that. One of the things that you do on your channel is you play a variety of instruments and music. And um, the the one instrument that you play that is that is probably the most common that I, I find the most fascinating is, I'm not even sure what you call it. It looks like a pan flute or like five pan flutes stuck together. What, what is
1: uh-huh. that? It's called the can, the melodious can. It's a mouth organ from Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I've been a harmonica player my whole life, and that's the grandmother of the harmonica. Okay, does it use a reeds, reeds inside? Yeah, it okay. uses free reeds like a harmonica. There are 16 tiny reeds embedded in these, in these bamboo pipes. Each one of the pipes, each one of the 16 pipes has a reed embedded in it. And then when I cover the holes up on the reeds, it makes an amazing organ sound.
2: The instrument that has captured the attention of so many of my TikTok followers is called the can. The origin of this instrument is the country of Laos. The maker of the particular instrument that I'm playing is a man named Boa He's part of the Puin tribe of the Tsienkwang province of northeast Laos. It takes him several days just to make one can. I have such deep love for this instrument, and I'd like to somehow honor and pay tribute to the culture from where it came. Thank you, Boa Thank you for the days you spent making this instrument. Thank you, Lao people. Thank you for the culture that you created over many generations. Thank you to all of you who have responded so lovingly to the amazing sound of the can. I encourage you to search for traditional can playing on YouTube and visit my friend Johnny Olson's YouTube channel to watch the whole process of making a can.
0: So you started your channel... Did you start it quite a while ago? Is this something recent you started doing? Well,
2: I started my YouTube
1: channel in 2010. um, Or no, even 2007, I think. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But it just sort of sat there unnoticed for the most part. And then in 2020, I started my TikTok channel on January the 1st. And uh, actually, it was 2019. I was giving an assembly at a school. And a young fifth grader stood up and asked me if, sh- if I was on TikTok. And I'd never heard of TikTok. So I said, no. She said, you should be. And I went home and I downloaded TikTok. And I just watched it for a few months and then put my first video up on January 1st, 2020. And I basically posted every day since then. And now I have 1.6 million followers and That's most of whom are young men <laughs> that love my music.
0: I'm assuming that you've been doing music for a lot longer than the TikTok phenomenon. Then what, uh, how did you get started with music? You said you started with harmony.
1: Well, I was, I grew up as a musician. I took piano lessons and always sang in the choir, but I went away to college and discovered a whole new, like I, I was very cloistered. I didn't know a whole lot. We didn't have YouTube back then, or we didn't have right. Spotify. Right. You know? right. I had the, uh, I had my clock radio Right. And I would listen to Top 40 music. You know, my, I had a little alarm alarm radio that would go off for school. And I listened to Top 40 music and really was not... Re- I, I spent most of my time practicing classical piano and singing in the church choir. And, you know, it, was, it wasn't until my senior year of high school that I learned about the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and the Who. And then I went away to college and for the first time... I, w- I met people that were doing things like drum circles and jam sessions. and you know I started listening to Neil Young and Cat Stevens and and my world was opened up to me. and so I, I spent most of my time in college trying to figure out how to be a musician when I was a history major.
0: History and music can kind of go well together.
1: I was. I wouldn't. I was a terrible history major. I was not meant to be a history <laughs> major. I'm a slow reader. I'm, I'm a terrible comprehender. So it was. It was not the right choice. How, how old are you? I'm 56.
0: 56. Okay. Just trying to picture which top 40 music you were listening to. So. Yeah, the, oh,
1: the yeah. early 80s. The early 80s. So
0: Pat Benatar and <laughs> all that kind of stuff.
1: I wish I could remember. I mean, there are some real key songs. Like when I was getting my driver's license, there are a few songs that stick out because we would listen to the radio while I was on those long drives as a student. And there were some songs that were just like constantly played back then, but I don't remember what they were.
0: Air supplies Lost in Love, probably. Yeah, right. (laughs) I can hear it right now, man. I can hear it right now. (laughs) Another uh, instrument that I've heard you play when you are doing your videos i've seen it is is the jaw harp um and i always had one of those growing up and if i'd lose one i'd end up with another one i have no idea where they came from i just always ended up with them so i'm i always enjoy playing that um do you is that one of those instruments that kind of fell into your lap as you start you know when you started exploring in college learning how to be a musician
1: yeah you know my specialty is musical instruments that fit in my pocket. In fact, I for years I did a school program called Music that fits in your Pocket and uh, that's kind of my specialty. but you know each instrument came came my way in very in very unique ways. like I was I was somehow very fortunate in the way several of these instruments came into my life. Like I play this instrument called a Banakula, which is an African rhythm instrument. It has, goes by many names like oscillato or Cascass or Tel Aviv, but I call it a Banakula. And a friend of mine went to West Africa, and he was, he was from the next town over us. His name is drummer Joe from Stowe, and he was coming back into Kent, coming back through Ohio for just a week before he moved to California. And he, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. I was in downtown Kent. And here comes drummer Joe, just back from West Africa. He was walking down the street playing this amazing rhythm instrument. And I ran across the street and I said, what are those? And he said, they're bonaculas. And he gave me a pair and gave me a lesson. And then he moved to California <laughs> like, the next it's day. Like- so I was like, I was in the And then that bonacula became my... Like it, the instrument became the centerpiece for my program, Music That Fits In Your Pocket. And also uh, it became my name on TikTok. I made thousands of pairs of bonaculas with students all over Ohio. And it's uh, just amazing, all because I was just happened to be at the right spot at the right time. Right,
0: because you'd never hear about that somewhere else.
1: No, you would never hear about it.
2: Two balls tied together with a string. It took me about a week to learn the basic move. But mysteriously, a few weeks later, I lost my bonaculas. I said, what am I going to do? There are no bonacula trees in Ohio.
0: So it looks like, I mean, when you're playing, it reminds me of almost like a yo-yo and a maraca put together.
1: Yeah, right. It's like juggler, like those, there's this thing people, always, the, the, sh- the clackers.
0: Right, right. But it sh- but it has like a shaker inside of it.
1: Yeah, it's two seed pods, two African seed pods, that are the swawa tree these dried gourds.
0: So you started playing the Bonacula and you started finding instruments that fit into your, into your pocket. And you you talked about like doing music in the schools, like doing programs. How did you get involved with that?
1: Well, you know, I was trying to figure out a way to make a living as a musician. And right late in the late nineties, a friend of mine were, was working as a teaching artist, as an artist in residence through the Ohio arts council and he invited me, to, he was a poet, and he invited me for a guest, a guest spot in his residency at a school. And that introduced me to the world of working in schools. And I, and I immediately signed on on the roster of the Ohio Arts Council. Later, I signed on to the roster of the Center for Arts Inspired Learning in Ohio and the Children's Concert Society. So all these organizations that put musicians and artists in schools. And it was just a perfect fit for me. You know, I've been doing that for the last 20 years and really thriving in that setting.
0: That kind of thing actually saved my life when I was a kid. I was in eighth grade and these jazz musicians came into the jazz workshop and I played the saxophone since I was like fourth grade, you know, so I, I wasn't very good at it yet. You know, I mean, I had fun. And then these jazz workshops came in and they taught us how to uh play an instrument you know how to really improvise and play you know solos and all that and then they would do the workshop then we do a concert for the whole school and up until that point i thought nobody liked me you know uh-huh. I, I had to fight every day and you know was bully horribly so i played the my saxophone solo and the whole school gave me a standing ovation and like like it actually just gave me this purpose you know what i mean i'm like wow i can I'm, I have some value now. I mean, looking back now, you know, I'm a man now and I can look back and I'm like, I shouldn't be getting my validation from other people, especially not applause of other people. Right. Like there's that fault. And that knocks knocks down really quick. You
1: know? Well, I'm still, that's still what I'm trying. I'm still trying to get, <laughs> trying to get my validation. Yeah. 56 years old. and I was still trying to get validated by a bunch of 20, 16 year old boys on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you know, what you're doing though is entertaining and educating. Yeah. And, and that's pretty cool. I think that,
1: you know, I regularly get comments. I often get comments of people that said, said, Oh, you came to my school years ago. You really had a, you had a profound effect on me and now I love music. And so I love getting those kind of comments.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Like I said, when I, you know, that that kind of thing changed my life in a very real way. So that's awesome that you get to, that you have that kind of legacy of, of inspiring and encouraging people, you
1: know? I would like to be doing that for the rest of my life until I'm an old man, but I'm, I'm experiencing severe health challenges. So.
0: Yeah. That's something else that you've talked about some on your channel. What, what does that look like for you?
1: Well, I've been living with uh, mild to moderate chronic illness since 1992. And I've lived a very full life in spite of having to rest a lot and having, but in 2021 it is it took a severe turn for the worse and uh you know a month ago i was 95 percent bedridden and unable to sit up in bed and in need of a full-time caretaker i'm glad to say that in the last month, things it's eased up a little bit and i'm able to sit up in bed and i'm able to you know walk to the bathroom and get around the house a little bit but I live with myalgic encephalomyelitis, which is also known as chronic fatigue syndrome, which even despite of the name, which just sounds like you're tired all the time, it's a very serious and very debilitating uh, chronic illness that you don't want to get.
0: Is, it, uh, is that something you catch? Is that something that you develop? because of- No,
1: it's a, it's a mystery illness. It's one of those illnesses they don't know. They can't figure out what's wrong. They can't find anything wrong. and yeah. uh you know, in spite of all the severe symptoms, they can't figure out what causes it, and there's no cure. And as far as I know, it's most my experiences. It's been mostly progressive, so, so it's a drag because of- I, I have lots of hopes and big plans for my old age. And like my daughter is 23, and she just got booked in a in a, in a play in a show, uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, the live version of that at a a great theater in Austin, Texas, and I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get there, but it's not going to be easy because I'm, you know, right now I'm about 80% bedridden.
0: Well, that's better than 95, right?
1: Yeah, it is. It's better than 90. (laughs) That 10% makes a big difference.
0: (laughs) This may be personal, and I'm hoping it's personal, to be honest. I, I like hearing from people and hearing their thoughts and their feelings. A lot of times men like us, we have conditioned in our own brains, maybe it's from culture, maybe it's from whatever this this um idea that we have to be productive that we have to to do things we have to 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 work hard. Does that create a struggle in you as you're feeling like you can't?
1: Oh yeah. It's a big struggle, but I'm sitting here in bed <laughs> producing as much as I could possibly produce. There was a time when I was really unable to produce. I mean, I was still like, it was very hard. There were several weeks or a couple months where I was not able to look at a computer screen, not able to check my own bank balance, not able to reply to emails. And I had someone come in to help me, you know, they, they had the computer in their lap. It was devastating. I mean, I love getting things done and I'm a highly, I'm a highly sort of uh, driven person. And the idea of sitting there not doing anything is very difficult for me. And I'm in the last month, since I've been feeling a little better, I've been just on fire producing from my bed. I mean, I'm writing and I'm, I've got this whole schedule of production. That's going, <laughs> so I definitely suffer from that. I suffer from the man the Protestant ethic of getting more done.
0: I, I think it's a good thing for a man to have. I mean, it drives us, but I can imagine that when you are, when you've got a challenge that you've got to overcome, that that's really hard.
1: Yeah, eventually we all have to let go of getting things done because eventually we all lose the ability and we'll have to, you know, it's one of the great, realities of life is eventually we can't do, I can't do everything I want to do. And right now I'm, I'm definitely experiencing that. I mean, there's so many things I, I just have a hunger to get so many things done, but I'm very limited.
0: Does it feel fulfilling when you are able to get at least a little bit here and there? Does it, does that help stave it off a little?
1: Well, the fulfilling part, you know, it's like, I'm writing this, uh, I'm writing a a weekly newsletter or a weekly podcast called living in a body and a I'm basically sharing my experience of living in this body and my, it's, you know, exploring the creative process from my bed. And, and I'm really enjoying writing. Like I, I this, everything else was taken, a lot of stuff was taken away from me, a lot of ability. So I had to find something new and I've just been really enjoying writing. So I'm putting out this weekly piece and it's very satisfying. I mean, it's, I write the thing. And then I record the thing, and then I, then I send it out there in this on Substack, which is an awesome format. It's awesome platform. But the saddest—it's hard to know if I'm actually satisfied. I mean, I, I basically put it out there. I'm usually disappointed in the number of views. Usually, mildly disappointed in the number of people engaging in it. I mean, I'm used to TikTok where I put a video up. And within like 10 minutes, it has like 20,000 views. Whereas Substack is a lot slower than that. You know, it's a, it's a slow process of building. I'm not getting the instant feed, the instant uh, sort of buzz of like, oh, yeah, they're all yeah, this. this. You know, I have videos on YouTube with 20 million views. And that happens in like two days. I yeah. mean, TikTok is incredible. The kind of reach it has, like when when it grabs hold of something. It just explodes. Yeah. And I've had videos go to 20 million views in just a few days. And, you know, my notifications are just going crazy. It's quite exciting.
0: And that's probably the challenge. Is it's not everything has that virality, right. you know. So, yes. But it's, that's one of the things I'm learning with this podcast and what we're doing is, you know, when you do it because you care about it like that's what drives me. Yes. You know, I do this because with this podcast I'm helping men be better men. You know, we're talking about interesting things and you know, teaching things that I've learned in my life and having people teach the things they've learned in their life and the goal is making life better for somebody, giving somebody some inspiration and encouragement and you know, so for me like okay, I'm going to put it out there and half the time I'm the one that's learning something, right? And getting encouraged and inspired. But We put it out there. And if one person is touched, you know, that gives me some joy. And it's hard though, because part of me wants to be like, man, you know, I'd love to get 2 million views on something, you know, but, but (laughs) at the same time, it's like, yeah, you know what, like being satisfied and yeah, that's a challenge.
1: Practicing being satisfied is the key. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I'm loving, right. This whole process of writing and, and producing this podcast it's one, one of some of the most satisfying work I've ever done. It's it's more satisfying than uh, like a 20-second TikTok video. Yeah. But uh, it, you know, I put a lot of hard work into it. And I, I wish, I guess there's always a part of me that wishes more people would, would take an interest.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. We will definitely share some links from here and see if we can help spread the word. I think that there are definitely going to be men who, would relate to this or maybe they know somebody who would relate to what you're going through. And I think, you know, exposing them to some of your story could be very helpful. So we'll try to help get the word out to a few more people, you know, and see what happens. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm frustrated that my, my, my viewership, I mean, I really appreciate having this young viewership on my social media. Like it's, it's, I feel like I'm get to be some, a role model. A lot of these young guys are sending me messages saying how inspired they are. And, and i sometimes wish that i had an old like people my own peers you know i wish my own peers were paying attention all my own, all my peers are over on facebook i'm not sure what they're doing over there <laughs>
0: they're fighting about politics
1: they're fighting about politics
0: <laughs> who's got time for that <laughs> that's exactly what they're doing on facebook they're they're fighting on politics <laughs> So do you find that the young people that are engaging with you, are you, does it ever go deeper than just the music for them and and the the comments and the the messages you get? Do you get personal with
1: any of them? Uh, People are inspired by my story. I mean, my story is, I've been very open about, you know, I was open about getting a wheelchair, getting a stair lift. You know, I had no choice but to just like put it out there that uh, this is happening to me. I'm really good at responding. When people send me messages, i I always respond. I almost always respond with a a personal voice memo, like saying, "Hey, bud." You know, I'll get an instant. I'll get a message on Instagram, and I'll respond with just a, "Hey, thanks for reaching out. I really appreciate your nice comment." Because I love the Instagram. I love the Instagram feature of uh, of the direct message. It's really a nice, nice. Uh, platform for me to connect directly with my fans, and I always leave a personal voice memo. It takes like fifteen seconds, and I'm done.
0: Well, you sent me one, and because I, I sent you a message to reach out to say, "Hey, would you be interested in being on the Manlyhood Mancast?" And your response was was that sounds like it'd be right up my alley, right? So, what what do you think makes this something that would be right up your alley?
1: Well, I'm interested. Like I've I've always been interested in men's circles, and I'm interested in. I grew up with three sisters and most of the organizations that I've always been a part of, like schools and churches, it's always run by women. So I feel like I have lacked, I have really missed out on the brother, um, uncle experience. You know, everything was for me, was like now when we get family gatherings, it's all women. My dad died, and it's all insane women. <laughs> <laughs> Really miss that. Like my brother, I I have a hard time connecting sometimes with my in, my brother in laws, brothers in law, and like I just I have a desire to connect more with men, and I have a few male friends mm-hmm. from a in, at the long distance or that I. But my tendency is to is to isolate with my one single woman partner, and uh, you know focus on my work and. And I think it's important that men find what we men find a way to connect. It's all about relationship, you know. And I'm talking to myself because I'm I'm so easy for me just to, especially with this illness. It's a very isolating illness. Yeah. So I have to make extra effort to put myself out there.
0: Yeah, to reach out to guys, and and I'm sure that there are there are men who can connect with you that want to, you know what I mean? That would appreciate it and relationships that you have that would be willing to, to slow down a little bit. Right. Cause that's, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's the honest truth is like, I think men, first of all, we're typically bad at building brotherhood. Like we should, I think that we, we don't like it when people get close because then, you know, that we've got all kinds of fears about that, you know? And I think we need to kind of, kind of be open to it. You know, I definitely can understand that. Like, and I, I, get that, man. I crave it. If it's been, if it's been a while where I have been isolated or in my hole, I like this. You know, like, it, like that's where I, where I go. I have in my mind, I, I kind of have a little hole that I shrink back yeah. into. You know, <laughs> yeah. And I crave it.
1: My most recent, my last last week, uh, on my, on my Substack, which is called Living in a Body. It's the title of the piece is called "I Love Crying." and it's a very it's a very personal piece about and there are a few a few people in my life a few men in my life that I would feel comfortable crying in front of or you know can really share openly with and but mostly in my life has been women
0: which isn't a bad thing either
1: no yeah, it's not know? so bad either it's not so bad <laughs>
0: <laughs> i am um, i've got my wife and my last child that's still home. My other ones are grown and I've got a grandbaby now, but, um, so I've got a 17 year old girl and my wife at home and yeah, I just, after work, I stopped by, uh, my, my friend's gym and, uh, worked out with my son so I could get some guy time today. We lifted some weights and grunted and talked about cooking.
1: (laughs) You know, for about a, a, about a year, I discovered this place called the Samson Dubina Table Tennis Academy. And it was the year of 2019 was the year of table tennis. And I was at this center three times a week. And it was like a brotherhood there. I walked in the room in the, in the place. There's like 20, 30, 30 ping pong tables there. And it's full of guys in competitive matches, like soup. And people of all different levels. And I would walk in and people would shout out my name. And it was just this wonderful experience of connecting And I am, it's the thing I miss the most because I'm not well enough to go there, but, and also because of the pandemic, but I loved it so much connecting with guys through this sport. When you, uh,
0: did you have much of that growing up at all? Did you have that camaraderie, that fellowship?
1: Yeah, I I ran across country in, uh, in high school. We had a, we had some brotherhood there and I was always, I always felt, felt a little, felt shy. I was I felt like I never knew what to say. I was, I did best really in the act in like out on the, I played ultimate Frisbee in college. And when I was engaged in a sport or engaged in a project was when I felt the most connected. Yeah. And, uh, I've always been kind of a little bit shy. I'm not uh, a one-to-one I do all right, but in a group of guys, I'm, I'm the quiet one and not, not knowing how exactly to fit in.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I'm the guy that says too much and get myself in trouble.
1: <laughs> How has your music helped you throughout your life? Well, it's really been, it's just who I am. That's been the interesting thing about this this illness. Is like It's such a defining part of who I am. Like, wherever I go, I'm the musician showing up. Like, oh, here comes Hal, the musician. And everything I do is sort of backed up by the fact that i'm a musician and uh you know it's it's my identity and i've i've lost some of that like i don't have the strength to make music and i'm i have to and now i'm of course with the pandemic everything has just changed yeah. but but this has been a i mean i'm still figuring out what's what my life's gonna to look like i mean this is all kind of new i in the last five months, my whole life has changed and I'm just still piecing it all together. Like, okay, what's, what is this actually going to look like? And how am I going to survive this?
0: You know, your purpose, the reason you exist, I think is deeper than what you do. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, like you know, I, I, I've told guys just in conversation, you know, like if you, if your purpose is to be the best cross country runner and then you lose your leg, then you struggle because you've defined your purpose by something that is temporary, you know? Right. But your purpose is eternal. That's my, you know, so like music is definitely a part of who you are, but at the core of who you are, I think is that's the, that's, that's, it sounds to me like that's what you're working through now is really understanding who you are that goes beyond what you do, you know?
1: Right. And also who I am in this virtual world. I mean, so much of my life these days is social media. I sit here and I go from platform to platform. And I'm, first of all, there's the pandemic. So that's isolating. And then there's the fact that I live with severe chronic illness. So it's just a, it's just such a mind shift. It's so, it's very different than walking into the Samson Dubina a table tennis academy and like being among people and connecting and. Yeah. banter, the banter that goes on and the you know, the, the physical connections
0: yeah, the connections and everything are very different in this world and in that online world and you know, you get people who don't get it and have nasty comments every now and then or you'll get people who um, just like say something nice but they don't, it, it doesn't mean anything you know So I can see where that would be tough.
1: You know, we've been talking this whole time and I just noticed that, that screen in the back of you, the, the buzzing, uh, television. That's cool. That's a nice effect back there.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. I I have a little studio I built here in my, uh, it's, it was my son's bedroom. Then he moved out and I claimed it and, um, I've got a lot of just random junk, but,
1: that's kind of cool there. You don't see that very often.
0: The TV is one of my favorite little bits. And I actually wanted to hook it up with a VCR and show, like, the manlyhood logo on it. But the TV is so old that it won't take any signal coming into it anymore. So I yeah. So I just, like, well, static is kind of fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't get to see that kind of static much these days.
0: Yeah, because the... I think it's still there, right? Like, in the... The signal that you would get from an antenna or even a VCR or DVD player, like, well, DVD players are different, but see, nobody uses VCRs either or on the air programming. Wow. I guess, yeah, you don't see it, (laughs) but I know that like when you see a blue screen, it's because that television has a chip that recognizes static and replaces it with a blue screen because nobody liked static, but you don't see those anymore either, but that's all changed now had not thought about that. I'm still pretty hmm. analog and old school, I think. So, <laughs> which you know what? I think that might be some of the appeal with your music, how yeah, that it is analog and old school.
1: Yeah, it's the ancient instr- old school instruments, but play being played in a modern way that sounds that sounds kind of electronic.
0: Yeah, the when you're playing the okay, what did you call it again? The mouth organ. The can. The can it sounds like a synthesizer. I think it's pretty neat. I, I've, I would actually like, I'm going to be thinking about where I can find one of those. Cause I think that would be kind of fun to play around with. So.
1: Yeah. Good luck with that. It's very difficult to get one, but I, I can help you if you, All right. if you need help.
0: Well, when it's time I'll, I'll call you. <laughs> we'll make it happen. Which reminds me of another, um, another thing that I've seen. And it's actually one of my favorite little bits on your channel is the, uh, the bonacula that you made on your own out of paint cans—I
1: uh-huh.
0: think that's really fun. I right.
1: didn't—I didn't actually make that. I, you know, my friend drummer Joe gave me those the traditional pair of bonaculas, and then I lost mine back in the early 2000s, or it broke or something. And I went to some fifth-grade homeschoolers, and I offered a bonacula challenge. And I gave twenty dollars to the best modern design of Bonacoolis, and week after week, people kept bringing in cool designs. And one of them was these paint cans filled with nails, which sound really awesome.
0: Yeah, fifth grade homeschoolers. They can be. We homeschooled our kids, so they were always finding ways to make things. That sounds like a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool audience to try to come up with a, a task like that.
1: Yeah. And then the, the winner came up with this idea of surrounding ping pong balls with polymer clay. And I took his idea and I perfected it. And I went out to schools and made thousands of pairs of these things in schools all around Ohio.
0: I love it. I wonder if any of those kids are still playing with them today. Wouldn't that be
1: neat? I bet a lot of them have them hanging in their room somewhere. Maybe it's a couple of, couple of them maybe have seen me on TikTok and pulled them out again.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. so of all of the i I think i don't think that i asked you this question but of all the instruments that you play and the things that you do what is your favorite to make music with
1: well that's a hard question I, i i love songwriting i love sitting at the piano and and crafting a song i love playing the can it's a very magical mysterious and kind of unexpected sound if i could do anything like i was just getting to practicing i was 20 the first half of 2021 I was practicing the can every day and making breakthroughs like I hadn't practiced I just played the same thing for like 15 years and people kept telling me you you always on TikTok they say you always play the same thing so I started practicing and I was getting better and I was really enjoying the, the practicing and getting better and then I got ill and I haven't played I barely played since. So the can, the songwriting at the piano and guitar, you know, that's that's my that's kinda really who I who I am as a songwriter and a singer.
0: Yeah, I heard um I saw another video of you playing guitar and singing a song and I I don't remember if it was a song you wrote or if it was a cover, but I remember it hearing you sing and I hadn't heard you sing, and I actually really like that. That you have a, a very bluesy, soulful voice. So I like that. Mm-hmm. Do you um do you still sing much at all even just kind of messing around just for the fun of it?
1: I have very little strength in my voice, but I, I, I have about the strength to uh, sing I don't sing for fun but I, I have been recording I've been trying to like record for one song a day for 10 minutes or something but like even just this uh, this speaking for an hour is pretty exhausting.
0: Yeah, I can imagine I can imagine. But you know what? I really am glad that you've been able to spend some time with our audience. and make-
1: Yeah, me too. This has been fun. I've enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, hear your story, hear about you and what you do. And uh, yeah, and like I said, I have been a fan for about a year. I think that I've been kind of following your work. So I think it'd be cool to have our listeners check out what you're doing. And I want to read the stuff you're doing on Substack. So we're definitely going to share that with our audience. Okay. And, but I like to end our conversations with a couple of questions. And the first one is this, if you could run into the 10 year old, eight to 10 year old version of Hal, and you could tell him anything, what would you want to tell him?
1: I would say, I love you. I love you. You're doing great. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid. Just go trust yourself and keep going. You know, I did a lot of, I did a lot of things I regret along the way. And I guess I'd like to try to coach myself away from doing those things, but I don't know that I could do that. I just say, believe in yourself and keep, Go do music. That's what I would say is go practice your music. (laughs) Like quit, quit with all the distractions. You don't need to be a history. Don't be a history major. Go, go. Don't worry about school. Go learn music. You're a musician. That's what I would say. Hal, you're a musician. You don't know it right now, but that's who you are. Go, go do everything you can with music. Go get yourself a guitar. Go start learning the guitar now rather than in college and go take lessons. Go take lessons and just put everything you have toward learning music.
0: That might have given <laughs> you a few extra years of music in the process, right?
1: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I was kind of a late bloomer. I mean, I did 10 years of piano lessons. So I'm grateful for that, but. It's like I just didn't have didn't have the exposure. I didn't know, didn't know what was possible. You know, I would say go seek out all the musicians in your high school and start hanging out with them. Yeah. Cuz we didn't have like back in the 80s it just it was a whole different world.
0: Like I said, that's where I found my community when I was when I was about 8th grade, man, and uh changed my life. So, definitely.
1: Yeah, I unfortunately dropped out of the band because I wanted to be in uh, cross country. I mean, I'm glad I was in cross country, but I really, if I could do it over again, I might have said, I said, you know, really focus on your music, play in the band, play in the jazz band, play the, I actually, this is a good one for the men. I was embarrassed that I played the piano because piano was kind of a, like, it wasn't a cool thing to do for some reason. And I went away to a piano camp at Chautauqua, New York, the year before my senior my senior year.
0: So I'm in Bradford, Pennsylvania. So we are like thirty minutes, forty oh, yeah. minutes from Chautauqua. Yeah, maybe almost an hour, but yeah, really close.
1: Yeah, you and I are pretty close to each other. Then I'm in I'm in northeastern Ohio.
0: Okay, and my brother lives in Canton, so. Yeah. yeah, that's not too far. Yeah, maybe when I go back I, to visit, we'll connect. That'd
1: be cool. All right. I went uh, for a summer. I, I studied the piano, and I didn't tell any of my friends. I was too embarrassed that I was going to piano camp. Like, everyone else went to football camp or what other other camps there were, but I was going to piano camp. And I actually hid the fact that I was going to piano camp because I was embarrassed, which is just really unfortunate.
0: Yeah, I can see why we would though. I remember being very embarrassed carrying my saxophone case, uh-huh. you know, and then the, you know, then the, the jocks would make you know inappropriate comments about it, and and uh, yeah, I can see that. That's kind of crazy. Just kind of, I know exactly. Was it at the Chautauqua Institute that you went to PM yep. camp? Yep. yep. I know where it's at. So that's awesome. And uh, yeah, I can, I can imagine wanting to hide that. I don't think we should, but I can imagine wanting to hide it. Yeah. So, then the next question I like to ask, and I know you kind of hinted at it earlier, and so maybe we could kind of talk about it a little deeper. Is what is your best advice for the men that are listening today?
1: Well, I guess I just give myself advice. Uh, Reach out to the people that reach out to the people in your life, and and practice connecting. Practice connecting, build relationships because it's the relationships that will last. And uh, yeah, I think that's that's the most important thing. And you know I tend to be dr- driven toward the getting things done model. like the most important thing for me is to get as much done as possible today. But I'm not sure that it ever, that it leads to as good benefits as the connections that I'm the relationships that I have. And it's very easy for me to let, because I'm, I'm kind of an introvert and I'm a little bit quiet and shy and I like to be left alone. But uh, that's the advice I'm going to give is build relationships. I think
0: that's excellent advice, my friend. Thank you for that. So if our guys want to connect with you, obviously we've talked about some of the social channels that you've got. Tell me about where can they find this this Substack channel that you've got? What do they look at?
1: Well, up? HalWalker.substack. It's it's really my it's my pride and joy right now. I'm I'm putting a lot of energy toward it. And I just love Substack as a as a platform. And I put out a weekly newsletter that's very personal and very well, well crafted and uh, I'm really proud of it. So I hope that people will go and listen and, and read my sub stack. And I know it's hard because I, I know there are a lot of people putting out content. <laughs> There's so much content. Well, look at mine over here. Mm-hmm. Come watch me. Come watch <laughs> mine.
0: No, but I definitely think there are going to be some guys, especially that relate with your story and relate with what you're going through. And uh, yeah, we want them to, to look into that and to, to learn how they can, you know, process these feelings that you're going through, these experiences you're going through. Or maybe they know somebody else who's going through it, and it might help them understand them better. So, yeah, we'll definitely encourage our listeners to check it out. We'll uh, put a link in our show notes. And then if they want to follow your music, that is – you've got TikTok, Instagram, anywhere else that that, that
1: – yeah, I'm YouTube. Bonacool on TikTok, Hal Walker Music at Instagram. Um I have a text, you can text me. And uh Facebook, you know, I'm not as excited about Facebook. Somehow Facebook, I just don't yeah. this bugs me. Like you I I have a professional Hal Walker music. But I just, every once in a while, I go over and look at it. But I, I'm just much, I like the platform of Instagram better for, as a musician.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: I I like my Instagram and TikTok are my two favorites right now. Um, so I get that. Either.
1: And I don't understand Twitter either. I, I'm trying to get on Twitter, but I just, I, I haven't gotten in the mindset. I haven't spent any time over there. So don't look for me on Twitter. <laughs>
0: Twitter's another place where it, everybody's just fighting about everything. So Oh, are they? Yeah, okay. it's all the fun out.
1: The reason I like Instagram and TikTok and Substack is that you can build a library. Like I have a library of work on Instagram. I have a library of work on TikTok and I'm building a library of work on, on Substack. Whereas Facebook, it all just disappears. It's just like what is the point of putting all this out there when it just disappears and
0: Yeah, it's kind of ethereal it's doesn't last long and they saw it once and then they can't find it again. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I think what I like about Facebook is our, uh, is the, the one place that I use it most is I have a group for men. Uh-huh. Where we have some guys and they gather together and they talk about guy things. And,
1: Oh, that's nice. Yeah.
0: That is good because it's a little different, but it's, it's more interaction.
1: Yeah. That's than, nice.
0: Um, but, Yeah, I I can see especially where Substack and Instagram and TikTok would be a great avenue for what you're doing. So, yeah, we'll encourage our friends to check it out.
1: All right. Joshua, it's really fun talking with you. Thank you.
0: Same with you, my friend. And when I head out to Ohio to visit my brother, I'm going to get in touch. Let's see if we can. Okay. I'll stop
1: by and and hang out. (laughs) That sounds great.
0: Awesome. Thank you,
2: my friend. You're welcome.
0: I mean it. I appreciate you so much. You really do bring joy and you bring amazing artistry to life. And I am thankful that we had the chance to talk and I do look forward to hanging out with you in person someday. And uh, yeah, it's great stuff, man. I do appreciate it. Listen, if you are wanting to connect with Hal, check out the links in the show notes, because we've got all of his information there. And if you appreciated this video, if you want to share it with somebody, let them know what manlyhood is doing and how they can be a part of it. Listen, guys, leave us a comment, a review, uh like, comment, subscribe, all the things to help us promote the movement of manlyhood. I love you guys. I care about you, and I'll see you next time.